really anyone can start a business. Yeah. It's not it's not hard, especially now when I see these kids that are doing like reselling stuff on Amazon and come right. up with these side hustles and you can now you can literally call someone and say, Hey, can you help manufacture a protein bar for me? I don't want to even touch it, just make it, make the label, and I'm just gonna sell it online. There's so many opportunities out there now. Figure it out. Like a side hustle is easy. Tell people, listen, you're in your cubicle for nine to five. I'm just say cubicle, but a stand, you're in your nine to five job. What are you doing after five o'clock till nine? Right. Well, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Or, well, maybe figure out how you do that internet business or figure out how you start that side hustle. Fail fast. If you're going to make a bar or a cookie, you know, make it small, get people to try it and see if it's going to work. I love that. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. Today, I am joined by Mr. Bruce Cardenas. I'm pronouncing that correct, Cardenas, right? Cardenas, whatever Cardenas, you want Cardenas, yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever goes. So, Bruce was the former COO of Quest Nutrition, or formerly known as Quest Bar. You guys have probably all eaten it and, and participated in it. And uh, he's got a really cool background. Like, uh, when I was reading through his bio and being introduced to you, Bruce, I was just like, wait, what? Like, military and uh, police background, usually that doesn't turn into an entrepreneur, right? Right, usually <laughs> blue collar and you retire with 25 right, right, years right. Or, or if it turns into uh, you know some type of entrepreneurship, it's usually something related to, to that type of field, right? Like, for example, my, my buddy, uh, do you know Dan Caldwell? Yeah, um, 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 tap out, tap out. I yes. know him well. Yeah, so Dan and I, big buddies, right? So he was he's a background and as a police officer, right. and and because of it, he was into like you know fighting and like hand to hand combat and that type of stuff. And so that kind of naturally turned into what it did, right, for yeah. him. And so for me, that was like the connection. For you, I'm like, Wait, yeah, what? How, do, how does this? How does this even make I sense? I don't know. I met him years ago. Nice guy. Oh, Dan's, Dan's, wife Dan's phenomenal. So, dude, jump into yeah. your story a little bit. Give us give us some of the background. So obviously you um, you go and you got this military background. So usually that breeds a lot of discipline, right? right? Breeds a lot of like you know authority and those type of things. Um, at what point did you decide I want to go and be a, a corporate guy selling nutrition? I I could unwind it a little bit because yeah. I was just a middle class kid from New Jersey, an average DC student. Mm. And uh, one of five kids, I had no ambition to do anything other than be a cop. Mm. But I had no path to get there. I was just a daydreamer in school. So never originally weren't an entrepreneur or didn't want to even go down that path? No, my father was a, a contractor and had his own business and wanted me to take over the business. But all I knew was I wanted to be a cop. Because, you know, my neighbor was a cop. My uncle was a cop. Yeah, what appealed to you about that? Um, I think the service thing, the look, the appeal, not knowing a lot about it. And I did ride-alongs as a cop. Uh, when I was in high school, they let me do ride-alongs. My little, it was a little 2,000-person right. uh, town with six police officers. And I went to the chief when I graduated high school and said, hey, uh, I really want to join the department. And in his own kind way, he said, listen, you're young, you're dumb, and you're immature. But if you go in the Marine Corps, specifically the Marine Corps, I'll hire you when you get out. Grab my best friend and uh, said, we're going to the Marine Corps. And then I realized New Jersey wasn't so big after all. Got to experience the world, so I joined the Marine Corps. Did a did a powerlifting meet when I was at Camp Pendleton in down south here, and it was a career day. And I saw all these different t companies and police departments, and I said, "Shit, let's stay here. Beautiful people, beautiful weather, and you get paid." So I joined LAPD out of the oh, Marine Corps. Nice. And have you always been a big uh, powerlifter? I mean, you well, look like you're you're. Fit. I've always enjoyed lifting heavy. You yeah. know, different different levels. What's the most you've ever benched? Uh, four forty five. Four forty. Yeah, you remember those numbers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was a single rep. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I, I've had some. I had a decent for. I, I was four forty five is phenomenal. The most I've ever gotten up is three hundred five. So yeah, no, it's yeah. and you know I had a I had a pretty good almost a seven hundred pound deadlift. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I had a pretty good numbers for a power. Nothing great. You're not going to the worlds, but so I I still enjoy lifting heavy. But now I think it's more about the long game, right? Yeah, staying alive. So absolutely. So at what point? So I mean, tell us, tell us more of the story, right? So you get into law enforcement. You're going down that yeah, path. Yeah, got became a cop, LAPD, which was a, a dream come true. I mean, a really great department. And uh, quickly realized you didn't get made, paid a lot of money. <laughs> right. And one of my good friends, I became good friends with him. He was a retired sergeant, had a bodyguard business, security business. Right. I started working for him. So this is kind of a side hustle. Side hustle. Make yeah. some extra money. Yeah, side hustle. And and I had had some experience because I was on a security detail when I was in the Marine Corps for the commanding general. So I enjoyed, I've always been a servant leader. I've always enjoyed serving other people. And I quickly figured out, let me start my own business. Yeah. And it all equated to relationships. And one of my good friends owned a big transportation company, limo company. Hmm. I said, I started this business. He said, well, let me help you. And next thing you know, i taking care of Mariah Carey and Ricky Martin and Mark Ant, all the people in the entertainment. So he already had all these connections. He was driving them all. Right. And every time he needed something, he'd call me and say, I'm going to connect you with this person, this person, this person. And I started, literally, it was overwhelming. Hmm. I was doing it myself. So I I exited the police department after so many years to pursue the security and protection business. Hmm. And how long did you go go down that route? I know I know. currently you're still I still currently in have a couple clients I take care of that are very well known and still some are entrepreneurs that but you know, it's funny now. When I first started out, the average there was only a handful of billionaires. Now they're everywhere, right? But right. most of my clients are billionaires now. It's crazy. Right. Right. So I still do that. It's like another side hustle, right? I mean, is that you personally driving, or are you just making the connections? I don't drive really anymore, but I still personally like this weekend's the Golden Globes. I'm going to take some of the Golden Globes. That's awesome. Personally, they awesome. still. I think it's an attention to detail thing. I think people still want me. Right. I've sent other people, and sometimes it doesn't fare so well because. They the, the level of service. I'm I'm a high level service person. Yeah, as I I experienced. It. I mean, he brought in for those that are watching here on YouTube or Spotify. He brought in a nice bag of of snacks and little goodies and never stuff like come, that. Never come empty handed. Oh you know? my gosh, yeah. So, so I I can I can already tell that's true. So I so I still do the security just as a side, but but it's the strangest thing. Serendipitously, I'm in the gym one day and. Uh, there's a woman that's, I, I always see her doing cardio, you know, become, you know, gym friends, right? right? Hey, what's up? And it turned out she and her husband had just started this company called Quest Nutrition. Shannon Pennis, she goes by Quest Creator on Instagram, making the bars by hand in her kitchen, literally making them by hand, like rolling what them out. What year is this? 2010. Wow. Nine, 10. Man, I didn't realize they, they've grown that fast. It was quick, nine years and we yeah. sold. And she was literally making them by hand and, and taking them to the, you know, boot camps on the weekends and, and the girlfriends were buying them and the husband had like one of these bul light bulb moments because he was taking them to work they had a they had a software company and these tech geeks were eating them and you know they're the kind of guys eating doritos and red vines and red bulls <laughs> and they actually liked the protein bar so he's like uh, whoa we might be onto something right his partners had no interest in it they're like we're we're software guys you're out of your mind we're not making a protein bar he still pursued it put up a website started making them by hand at a kitchen space at night and uh, I met them. They were only a sh they were 
only had two flavors of bars that were fairly new. So, quick question. Yeah. Are the, were the, did the bars change very much over the years, or is it pretty much the same exact initial, like, uh, creation? Almost identical. Some formulation changes. We had a fiber source change, but overall it was continually be a... So it was always, yeah, because I've always enjoyed, like, the, the cookies and cream. One uh, of our top sellers. Yeah, Chocolate yeah. chip cookie dough and cookies and cream. It was always my go-to in a gas station. Yeah. Boom, give me a question. And always bar. high, you know, high protein, low yep. carb, and, and gluten-free. That's always been our theme for the entire journey. Yeah. Even, so we hit, we hit it off and became fast friends. And I and I, I remember she gave me a couple bars and I saw her a week later and said, hey, if you're interested, I'm doing a celebrity golf tournament. I'm doing the protection, but my friend's running all the publicity. If you want to get me some bars. And she said, they were great. Yeah, let me give you a couple boxes of bars. And I got them in the hands of the publicist. publicist. This was before any social media. Facebook just started and mm-hmm. it was really just for business. And uh I was smart enough. I don't even know where this came from because I didn't know what the word content meant. <laughs> I had a BlackBerry. iPhones weren't even out yet. But I asked my friend, I said, I think we should probably get some pictures. And she was in charge of all the PR. So she had her media people. They did some videos of people taste testing like Mario Lopez was there and some wow. different, some decent names. I brought all that information. I gave it to them. And they were like. Here's oh. some content. Yeah, content. <laughs> I had to look up what that meant. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, like how do you know these people? I said, oh, there's people I do business with. I continued to help them. I got on a set of extra with Mario Lopez. I got it. Jessica Simpson was a client at the time. I was taking her. So I just started getting in people's hands. And about nine months in, Ron, the, the, the chairman, founder, took me to lunch and said, listen, we're stealing from you. You are doing all this good stuff for us, and we're not doing anything for you. Either you're working for another company like like a sabotage us, or you're just a good human being. And I guess they figured I was a good human being. So... You're like, I, I'm just a, a guy yeah. with a, a background in military and stuff, and I'm not an entrepreneur, but I just yeah naturally good at it. But I like your protein bars. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm, I guess I, I figured out I was a relationship guy because everything I did was relationship-oriented. And yeah. I ended up – one thing I tell people is when I was helping them and I started hanging out in the office, even though I had my business, I had a nice office on the west side. And by the way, there was nothing glamorous about Quest. I would go visit them, and they were on the border of Compton <laughs> in a little industrial strip. Yeah. And there was no promise of a future. They probably had an office the size of this office. With like, Were they manufacturing there? There, yeah. And they had their own, did they have a proprietary wrapper at that point? Or was it still like... No, no, of... they, they, they created a wrapper, and they, but the machinery and everything was really old and antiquated. Yeah. And they always were breaking down every few hours. But they had like eight desks in an office like this, little little kid's <laughs> desk. And so, like I said, there was no... I, as a matter of fact, I remember I told one of my friends, I left one day and thought, I don't think they're going to be around. Yeah. It's just that there was no appearance of success. You know what I mean? Right. But what I liked is their passion and their spirit and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to make this work. It's going to be amazing. And so, I, so what initially motivated you to even help them? Was it, uh, did you, did you have an end game in mind? Like, or was it just like, zero, I like, like the protein bar? Zero. There was no end game. Literally, I like them. I like their spirit and I like the product. Yeah. And it's a weird thing, and I always tell people this. I hope everyone finds their why in life. Mm-hmm. Their, it became my why. Mm. Because what happened is people started writing us on blogs and, and, you know, hey, I lost 30 pounds over the last three months, and it's because of Quest Bars, or I've got diabetes, or I've got celiac disease, and you've and this has been my go-to snack that's really helped me in the, in the hard times. Mm. And it really became like, wow, like, it's, it was almost like, wow, we're changing people's lives. People are feeling good about eating our product. So at what point did they bring you into the business? Um, after nine months... Ron actually said, starting Friday, we're going to put you on the payroll. And well, you're just kind of promoting at this point. Promoting. Just give me product. I'll get it in people's hands. And I kept doing it. And they said, and they said we're going to put you on the payroll. It was a, a stipend. 
Mm-hmm. It was probably your average American salary, but to me, it wasn't changing my life because I had my, I was doing quite well with my business, right? Yeah. But once they started paying me, and I think it goes back to a, it was, it must have been I instilled in my father like a work ethic thing. Right. I was like, shit, now I'm getting a paycheck. Now I really got to, oh my God, now what do I got to do? I got to start producing. Yeah, yeah. I literally felt like that. So I started showing up at their office every day. And after a while, I mean, the security ran itself. I'd get calls and I could manage it and I, I staffed. I started spending more time there and they finally were like, hey, you're, you're here a lot more. I said, I just really enjoy it. And I told them, they asked me what I need, what I was making. And they're like, oh, we, we can't afford you, but we like you being around. And, and I just, I just started doing, I always tell people this. I just started bringing value and I had no expectations. I didn't ask for anything. Mm. Matter of fact, there was a period of time where if they needed, someone mentioned we need trash cans, I would go to Ikea at night and buy them. I didn't Mm. wait for someone else to say that's not my job. I would just do whatever it took. Matter of fact, over the holidays, they were talking about building out a studio, like a lounge. Mm -hmm. And I, we were shut down for like 12 days. I went and got the carpet, the paint. I bought the furniture. And when they came back from the holiday break, there was only two years into our relationship, they said, Bruce must have been here over the holidays. I wasn't even around. I was traveling. So though that's the value. I always tell people, bring value to your company. Don't just sit in your cubicle and think that's all I do. Just right. whatever it needs to do to make the company success. And, and that's really what I did. And obviously evolved nine years later. I was the you know chief communications officer, managing most of the relationships with GNC and Vitamin Shop and all our partners. And, mm. and I literally, people thought I was the owner. Mm. Because I was out every. You were you were the face of this thing. Yeah, forty weekends a year I was traveling, and people assume, well, you must you must be the owner. You know, I never said it, but that's what people thought. Wow, I call it pride and ownership. Phenomenal. Yeah, and then ultimately, what what ended up happening with Quest? You guys sold it off. Sold it to Atkins. Everyone's familiar Atkins, so it's a big merger. It was sold for a billion dollars cash. Wow. Which I didn't know this to recently. I I verified it, but Alex Ramosi had said this that there's only been fifteen hundred billion dollar companies in the world. So we're one of 1,500. The interesting thing is the other company that uh, I'm part of now, Legendary, mm-hmm. will potentially be another billion-dollar company in three years. That's phenomenal. So so you go from there, the business sells, you you get a little piece of the action because they ended up taking care of you because you served them so yeah, well over correct. the years. That, that's phenomenal. And then uh, you've transitioned into this new business. Tell us, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so Ron, um, probably about a year prior to us selling, Quest started. It was a small nut butter and seasoned nut company called Legendary Foods. And uh, didn't really go anywhere. Just kind of sold online and did some things. But I was helping them, again, on the side. And then once Quest, once we completely exited Quest, I dove in to help Legendary. And now we have kind of the same theme. Everything's protein, high protein, low carb, gluten-free. But the good news is now we're making things that are more attracted to your everyday person if you want to call it healthy Pop-Tarts, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, If you grew up anywhere in the States, you had a Pop-Tart as a kid. Absolutely. So now... We have a healthy version of a pop tart, a sweet roll, and we just launched chips a few weeks ago. Protein yeah. chips. That's, a, that's and we have fun. other exciting things coming. So awesome! So what are like? Is this your main gig now? I mean, this is what you're running with. This or? is uh, the primary. I mean, the security, and I still I help a couple other brands. There's a company called BLK Water. Yeah. I, I, I like helping people grow their brands. That's, that's my because I'm assuming you still have incredible connections. Uh, yeah. within the influencer space. Yeah, and a lot of them just rolled over. As a matter of fact, people sometimes are confused. They're like, wait, you're not with Quest anymore? And you know, have to explain the story. But yeah, it's the same space, the same influencers, and, uh, and it's all relationships, right? That's phenomenal. What What are some key moments in your career that, you know, like where it was like extremely difficult and then you pushed through? Um, I think, uh, you know, I've been on the brink of failure a few times. Yeah, tell us about that. And I think when I had the security company, 
I was not the most savvy when it, I knew how to service people and provide the protection and the planning and the logistics, but I wasn't good on the back end as far as bookkeeping and math and all that. And I remember it's a really good learning lesson for me and for anyone in business. My payroll was growing and growing. I remember my bookkeeper called me, which was probably the first problem. I only had a bookkeeper. I didn't even have an accountant. So she yeah. was just a woman that worked at home and said, Hey, your payroll's due on Friday at 75,000. I'm like, all right, cool. Pay? She goes, but you only have 30 in the bank. And I didn't know about, I realized payables, you know, people owe you money 30, 60, 90 days out. You had a ton in receivables. A ton that was out there. And the studios, which they love to hold their money, the big studios. So I was like, oh, well, what do I do? I cashed out my pension, the money I put wow. invested for LAPD to pay my payroll, which now looking back, all the people I know, I could have called up any five people I know, hey, man, I need to borrow $50,000. How do I do this? Right. Credit lines. I was too embarrassed to call my parents because I'd be a failure. I did so. I was like, it was more of a little bit of embarrassment, and also, I ended up, um, I t I filed bankruptcy at some point. Oh, really? Over what? that because I didn't know how to get was out it of chapter it. eleven or chapter yeah. seven. Eleven. Oh, good. So yeah, restructured. So I restructured. I covered. I paid everyone back. But my point is now, what I've learned is like, ask for help, man. Like, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing, ask people. And I didn't realize there's so many people that have money, and there's so many varies variable ways to get money and borrow money and anyway so that was a real devastating but i recovered but it was it was really like holy shit i, I think, didn't know what i didn't know yeah i think that's such an incredible principle that everyone has to learn in their life is like quit trying to figure it out on your own yeah quit, quit trying to be the know-it-all that like hey i'm just gonna put my head down and grind through this because there's somebody out there that's been through the exact same situation that has a solution yeah right like i i actually had to go through bankruptcy early in my career right so i filed bankruptcy in 2010 uh, a couple years after i'd launched my business 2.2 million lost everything oh, car wow. repoed that that whole and and knowing what i know now even though i saw no way out like there was a way to get through that. And had I used mentors or, yeah. you know, someone else that could help identify the blind spots, I think that's such like a powerful principle that, that we have to all learn at one point or another. Yeah. And the interesting thing is down as I've ever been, because I have talked to people sometimes they're down and out. Even when I was at my lowest, I'm like, shit, like, okay, I'm in debt and what am I going to do? I still felt like, well, life is great, man. I mm -hmm. can wake up, I work out, I I'm still could feed myself. Uh, so I always encourage people, no matter how bad it gets, it's it's not it's oh you're gonna be okay. I I agree a hundred percent. And and the fact that you've been through that and I've been through that, I think it's like one of our superpowers because most people won't take the initiative to start something because they're so scared of the downside, the failure, the potential of like going through bankruptcy or whatnot, and only to realize that like having gone through it, it's like you know, life really isn't that bad. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and that, and if that's the worst it can get. Exactly. Right. Like then let's go risk it all. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and I think the people that, and I don't begrudge people to do nine to five. I mean, God right. bless them. But I think they, they, they tell themselves a story that, and it, and it rationalizes Well, I, I can't do that. I'm not right. qualified. I'm not able to. And really anyone can start a business. Yeah. It's not, it's not hard, especially now when I see these kids that are doing like reselling stuff on Amazon and come right. up with these side hustles and you can now, you could literally call someone and say, hey, can you help manufacture a protein bar for me? I don't want to even touch it. Just make it, make the label, and I'm just going to sell it online. There's so many opportunities out there now. Agreed. Side hustles. It's I, crazy. I, 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 I appreciate that. I agree with you. What what are like the biggest motivating factors in your life, right? Like you've lived, you know, close to sixty years yeah. on, on this on this planet and you've accomplished a lot of incredible things. Like what gets you out of bed in the morning right now? Um, you'll edit that out about being sixty, by the way. But and I'm kidding. Um um I, I, you know, I, I love life. Yeah. I get up every morning. I meet my training partners at 7 a.m. sharp. 
Monday through Friday. On yeah. weekends, I work out myself or I meet other people. But I, I don't know. I mean, life is short, right? And uh, I think Jesse Isler said it, right? Yeah. He says, you only have so many experiences you're going to be able to do in this lifetime, right? Yep. And I know he does mountain climb. He takes kids on ski trips. And I feel the same way. I want to have as many experiences as I can. I've got three great kids. And how, old are, I, how old are your kids now? Uh my 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 daughter's a nurse locally. She's thirty four. My son's a contractor. He's thirty three, and the other daughter's thirty. Fantastic. Any grandkids? Uh, yeah, two. Oh, yeah. that's wow, awesome. He's really aging me out. Oh man, man. No, this, no, is, yeah. this is great. No, they're Celebrate great. It. No, they're Celebrate. great kids. They're great kids. That's they awesome. just can't call me grandpa. No, you know, well, <laughs> no, I'm know, kidding. I'm kidding. I, I um, get. But uh, so I feel like there's we only have so much time, right? I don't know how I'm sixty. I mean, I still feel so. I realize all that time went by, right? And there's a lot of things to still accomplish. Uh. I say, do we do things for money? I don't do things for money. Money facilitates life, right? For sure. It has pays the rent, pays the bills, helps helps your family. But there's much more to life than money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the experiences and knowledge. And, and I'm working on a couple books because I feel like I feel like I owe it to to somebody to say, yeah. hey, here's an experience I had. Here's here's what I learned. Here's what I suffered. So, what would you say in your book? What is your message to the world? Um. Well, anyone. So here's the thing. I met the founders of Quest when I was 46. Right. Mm. Some people are already like their trajectory is already set. Like 46. I'm already thinking about my 401k, and right. we're talking about retiring. I don't think it's ever too late to start anything. I love that. And when you Google those names, like uh, the founder of McDonald's, and these names of guys that didn't really start doing anything till well past 40. Right. 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 Yeah. The uh, so KFC. Uh, yeah, he was Colonel Sanders. He was in his 60s. Yeah. So. A, it's never too late, and I always encourage people. Like I, I always get a song and dance for people. Well, I can't do it. Of course, why can't you? you? By the matter of fact, I've taught for my kids. If I can't figure something out, they'll say it's on YouTube, mm. and literally everything is on YouTube. It really is. So I think I want to encourage people to pursue their passion and their dreams. Hmm. You know, that's that's my objective, and so that's the message. Yeah, pursue, your pursue it, pursue it. I mean, yeah, don't don't make don't yourself homeless up. over it, but figure it out. Like a side hustle is easy. Tell people, listen. You're in your cubicle for nine to five. I'm just say cubicle, but a stand. You're in your nine to five job. What are you doing after five o'clock till nine? Right. Well, yeah, I'm going to have a glass of wine, or well, maybe figure out how you do that internet business, or figure out how you start that side hustle. I love it. I love it. So, what are what are your what are your passions right now? Like outside of outside of work, outside of you know working out and whatnot. Are you a big travel guy, or what? What? Uh... I love traveling. I don't do enough traveling. Yeah. But I, I love it. What's I... your favorite place in the world? Oh God, Australia! Australia, I've really? I've, ne- I've never been to Australia. Yeah, I went. Tell me about the it. The first time I went for the Arnold Classic, the you know the yeah. the Expo, and it's just a beautiful country. I made some good friends down there. Awesome. Uh, where else is great? Uh, Germany. The only place I haven't gone, I want to go to Bali. Bali. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Looks fascinating on all the pictures and videos. Bali does look fantastic. The uh, Maldives is Maldives. Is, is, a, is a place that I Yeah, all these I fitness went. influencers go there for photo shoots. So I got <laughs> I'm going to bring the chips. I <laughs> uh, love it. I love it. So, yeah. What uh so you're working on this book. Yeah. Do you have a title for it yet? One is there's two books. One is My Quest, My Journey. Yes. Quest, I mean yep. journey. And the other one is a lot of people don't know what this means, but I was really an entrepreneur. It quest, uh, you know, an entrepreneur is yes. Up. But I really ran my own show. Mm-hmm. And the unique thing about those guys was when I started helping them and I would say, hey, what do you, th-? I'd say, do whatever you want. Like, so I started the events department. I started the ambassador program. I started these, the, a wow factory, we called it, you know, which I learned from uh, Tony Shea, Delivering Happiness. Yeah. Fantastic book. Yeah. And I, and I had good fortune to meet him. And uh, I really believed in that, you know, and, and, you know, so 
I was able to create all those opportunities and, and no one stopped me. Yeah. And I and at the, some point the founder even said, Ron said, you don't need to ask. I mean, as long as it's like you're not spending stupid money, like just let us know. But so I think it's important for you don't have to be an employee. You don't have to be a W-2. You can still be an entrepreneur in a lot of businesses. Right. Take the initiative, go outside the box, do whatever. I'm not saying be a kiss ass. That's a different thing. But create opportunities. And I think leadership will clearly see that if you want to do more than what what's expected and maybe look for holes in the business that you're working in, even if you're an employee. What? Uh, so I'm a big believer that every human on this earth has a gift to give, mm -hmm. right? A skill set, something that like makes them extremely unique. What would you say yours is? Uh, I love giving with no expectation of return. Mm. Give us some examples. It's endless. I mean, giving product to people. I mean, obviously, you sh you showed us the example with with uh, what you were doing with Quest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I'm a big charitable guy. I mean, I love I uh, uh, I don't know if you know Dan Fleischman. But he got me involved with. I uh, love Dan. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. So he got me involved with Trina's kids. So I do all do all his charities, all the toy drives. That's phenomenal. I at Christmas Christmas morning, I was down at the Midnight Mission. I think I was pretty fortunate. I grew up, I grew up very middle class. Yeah. I, my parent didn't let it. We, we didn't know whether we were rich or poor. We just, okay, we, right. we had what we needed, right? And we were five of us. But I feel like when you see some of these kids that don't get anything and, and you're down to these toy giveaways, toy giveaways and they're only going to get, that's what they're going to get for right. Christmas. I, I just feel like for me anyway, I don't care what other people do. I invite my rich friends. I invite my poor friends. Some show up, some don't. But it just, it's a, it's a, it's a feel good for me. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I'm in a good position to help other people. Why not? Right. And Dan's the same way, right? Dan, Dan is like modern day Superman. Like I, I yeah. don't understand how he does everything yeah. he does. <laughs> no, he's great, and he and I've I've actually learned from him. Like, and and I'm an investor in his ranch down at, at the oh, yeah. Blacksite Ranch. Yeah. Awesome, down there with uh, the real Tarzan, real Tarzan, and and Bedros Koulian. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so so giving back is really important to me. Yeah, and I just I, I think you know we I I think leave leave some mark, you know. Yeah. Not to be famous, but just to leave a mark of what you've done to to bring bring value to the world, you know? Yeah. What would you say your biggest regret is and uh, you would do differently if you could do it all over again? Probably time with my kids. You know, I, my two older kids I had, I met their mom. She, she was in the Navy. I was in the Marine Corps. It didn't work out. And there was quite a lot of gaps of years where they moved. They were out of state and I was working hard thinking I was doing the right thing in life and probably met much time I didn't spend with them. So, I mean, what would you do differently? I mean, obviously spend time. Like, how would you change that? Um, are you Well, you obviously manage time better, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I could have easily done it, but I always had a reason why I wasn't for some reason. So yeah. it's not a good quality at that I time. I mean, it, it's this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Yeah. Right? Like being family men, family man, family woman, right? Having kids, but like dedicating so much to their hustle, to the everything else. And yeah, I mean, it's really- And you a, justify it, you know, you rationalize it, right? Hey, I'm making all this- Doing it for them. I'm doing it for them. I'm making all this money. And my dad was, uh, at the time, he, he would have been called a workaholic. Now, now he'd be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. But he still balanced his time. Like he was our scout leader. He helped with the little league coaching. So he found a way to balance it. So yeah, I wasn't the greatest at balancing when I was younger. Now I'm much more sane about that. Yeah, what are, what are your philosophies on on balance? Like how that how does that work? I don't know. Work life balance. I mean, it sounds a little whatever, but I, as I think, as long as you you spread yourself evenly, mm -hmm. and if you see holes and hey, oh wow, someone needs more attention, give it to them. Adjust your schedule. Maybe take a day off. Or Love it. I, I like spending more time with the kids and than I did before. Yeah, you know. 
What are what is some advice that you give to like a younger entrepreneur? Maybe um, some habits that have changed your life or things that you've done over and over again. Like what 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 kind of advice would you give? I think you know come up, get in a routine and have the discipline to follow it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. I think are into pleasure early on, which is great. Everyone like who doesn't want to go to Vegas and hang out? Who doesn't want to go to Cabo? But you gotta you gotta find a balance and be disciplined. Um, I think I think I wish I was more disciplined when I was younger, actually, mm. to focus on the and the things that are to, to make money, succeed, and then and then. At sl- what point do you feel like you figured it out? Um, I'm still working on that, but I think I figured it out probably like 20, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in your in your forties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I've had my my mishaps, my mistakes. Um, I think to be disciplined enough, you know. Listen, I think discipline is really important. Yeah. And and have have a game plan. I right. mean, there's so many opportunities, and I don't know. A lot of people say, oh, "I'll get to that. I'll do it tomorrow." And you know. Yeah, it's interesting that every single person, you know, I, I've interviewed close to a hundred entrepreneurs right. for my, for my podcast and met, you know, thousands of others. Every single person's path is completely different. Yeah. Right. And and I think one of the the traps that we fall into as entrepreneurs is we try to compare ourselves. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, let me look at Bruce's story. How am I lining up? Am I on track to be able to accomplish what Bruce did over? Hey, but the reality is, is like that's not how we should look, be looking at life. No, not at all. Right. What would you say to the people that are trying to compare themselves to you? Don't, because I even find myself sometimes. I see someone that's successful. Wait, what? What do they do differently? Just be yourself, right? Yeah. It's it's you, you're we're all uniquely ourselves, and we're gonna find our own way. Doesn't doesn't mean you can't learn from other people. Yeah. But everyone's uh, you know, everyone's an anomaly. Where where would you say like different things that you learned along the way, whether through books or school or mentors? Like, what were some life changing education points in your life? I would say probably I learned everything from practical application, from being around people mm-hmm. and seeing how they operated and the discipline and, and what they put into to making things successful. I, I, I wasn't a big book guy. Yep. I am now. You know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but I wasn't for years. And I didn't like learn a lot in school. Even yeah. though I, when I in the Marine Corps, I got my degree only because my boss at the time was like, hey. Required it. Yeah. Like, hey, money, it's free. Go to school at mm-hmm. night. You know, So I think everything I learned from either watching people in action including my father who had a great work ethic and then figuring it out. So who would you say like are your biggest mentors or like examples of like who you've strived to be like? Um gosh, that's that's that might be a tough question to answer. Yeah. There's people I admire. I watch, like you know Bedros Koulian, right? Yeah. I admire he's he's a friend and I admire what he's done. Came here in the country with nothing, didn't speak English and now mm-hmm. has a gym chain and we're partners in that ranch together. Uh Dan Fleischman. Yeah. Uh, Ed Milet. Ed, yeah. Do you know Ed well? I've I met him a few times at events, and we've talked. Yeah, and, Ed. Ed's a stud. Andy Frisella. Yeah, And absolutely. his brother Sal, who built built the first form from nothing. I've, I've, I used to be part of their circle, so I, I still go out and visit them. Right. I don't know if I want to be like anyone, but I've taken away from everything they've done. Yeah. And no, no one got a free ride. Right. That I, anyone, any one of those guys, you know? Yep. No one, no one inherited money and just. So what? What does a day in your life look like right now? An average day. What time you wake up? What are you doing? How are you? How are you passing time? Um, yeah, I'm not a big ritual guy. Like all the, everyone's doing ice baths and meditation shit. By the time you got all that done, you'd be like three in the afternoon. Yeah. I literally wake up at six o'clock every morning. Yep. 
and I drink, uh, I'll usually drink a, a, a quart of water on the way to the gym. No pre-work. I've never had a pre-workout. So it sounds life. like you are a ritual guy. The, the gym. But, yeah, yeah. The gym is a the gym is a ritual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's either, you know, there's either going to the office, multiple offices, wherever I'm, whatever brand I'm helping. Yeah. Podcasts or tra- I still travel quite a bit. Yeah. I like how, going. How often are you traveling? Uh, at least once or twice a month. Okay. I'm going down to uh, Austin next week for Gabrielle Lyons is having her, con- uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. Okay. She's having a conference. And then, uh, are you speaking at these events? Attending? What do you, What do you? Some I speak at. Some I attend. I, I'm attending the Aspire events now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that dance party. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke at uh, his event out in Atlanta. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. As as a panel or an individual? I, I was on as a panel. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that so that's what I'm 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 trying to get. Nice. I want to be on one of the panels at least. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to start out getting getting it rolling with those guys. Yeah. So, so you were out there. Yeah. So Clinton Sparks is a good friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clinton Stud. Yeah. Tim Story. Yep. We I'm talk- interviewing Tim tomorrow. Oh, here? Uh, uh, not here at this, but down uh, down by his place. Oh, man, yeah, we're we're friends. Okay, we 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 belong to his uh, World Shakers Society. Oh, we speak on every very cool. On a, yeah, good very, good people. Yes. So I have found this actually one thing I do recommend, and I didn't. That's one thing I didn't do early on, is being around the right people. Hmm. I didn't even realize there was those kind of circles. Right. And I mean, they're out there, but I didn't realize till later on that. You know, it was the power a, of of a mentor. The power or being of a mentor and being around the great people, because you know they say, "Well, you're the sum of the five people you spend most time with." That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. And I've found myself being elevated when I'm at these events because I'm like, "Oh shit, they're, they're those guys are working hard." Yeah, <laughs> I'm slacking. You know, you think that whether you are, but but my point is, the more that you're around those kind of people, the the greater I think you feel too. Yeah. What is a uh, a belief or an opinion that you hold that most people would disagree with? Oh gosh, uh, belief or an opinion um, that that a lot of people would be like, what? Um, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit of a libertarian now, but I'm still a big gun rights advocate. Yeah, huge. Yeah, me too. I never got vaccinated. Um, yeah, me. Hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm I'm a very patriotic guy. Even though now you're patriotic, it's kind of like you're something other than that. They people think you know. Right. Right. So, I, yeah, I I I just. I, I don't know. I I'm, I have a lot of integrity. Yeah. I'm very loyal, loyal to a fault, probably. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, you sound like a very like conservative guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, classic values. Classic values. And don't get me wrong, even though it's interesting, even though I was a cop and I have all these beliefs, I still have seen people have gone to prison. On, like I have friends of mine and clients that are doing the prison reform. Absolutely. And I admire that because there's people that are probably in prison that shouldn't be there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the uh, libertarian side. Yeah, kind of like, yeah. even though I was a cop, I'm like, whoa, that yeah, that didn't sound good. Right. And, right. you know, when I talk about police work, I, I was very unique. I learned, I, I was more of a public relations cop than a, you know, like in the academy, they just teach you rules and regulations. And I learned that there's a spirit of the law, there's a letter of the law. I always worked within the spirit of the law. Right. And world, the world's not. Not you don't black. do things just because you're told to do it. Or, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, right. And the world, like you got to actually interpret it. And... Yeah, I interpret it, and I'd realize that not everyone needs to go to jail. Not everyone's a bad person. Right. And I, I, it, I was a little frowned upon at times. I took a different approach when I was a cop. Some of my partners didn't agree with me. You know, yeah. I'd say this guy doesn't need to go to jail because he's got some dope in his pocket. You know, yeah. and I'd say the guy's 19; it will ruin his life. Tell me, tell me about a time when you were a cop and you were scared for your life. Oh, several times. I was in a shootout in Hollywood, big mm-hmm. running gun battle. I wasn't scared at the time. It's interesting when when the the, fear, the fight or flight comes into play, yeah. you're just engaged. You don't think. No, you don't think about it. You just do it. <clears throat> but um, but I think reflecting after, on yeah, it. afterwards you're kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> I kind of yeah. So there's some times in in the police where we got involved with some bad stuff and yeah. and, and you know it was rough. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow. Or, you know, life-threatening, you know. Yeah. Well, Bruce, man, you have a very uh, interesting and colorful story, right? Like, you've got so many different experiences. Who are who are some of the people? So you've obviously been involved with many influential yeah. people. Who are <coughs> who have been Sorry. some of the most non-entrepreneurial, but we're talking, like, some of the more famous people that you've been involved in? Like, who are, like, the coolest people that you wouldn't even necessarily know that they're that awesome? Um, celebrity-wise? or Yeah, celebrity-wise. Uh, Charlie Sheen was a good guy back Charlie then. Charlie Sheen. <coughs> Sorry about this cough. You're good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. What what made him such a good guy? He's very humble and giving off the camera, but behind the scenes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and would you would you is that not the case with with a lot of these celebrities? Yeah, I think so. A lot of them are you know a little pretentious and they, they think that they're God's gift yep, to yep. everything. <laughs> Sorry about this coughing. Bit. You're good. Actually, you're I'm good. Me up. You know we're not gonna. Yeah. We won't uh, hold you too much longer. With uh, <laughs> you've got a bad cough going yeah. on. Um, what would you say if you were to recommend any book mm. to uh, to our audience that would be a drastic life changer for people? Uh, extreme ownership. Mm, love that one. Uh, delivering happiness. Yeah. Two of my favorites. Awesome. What are a couple things that you love about each one? Um, I think Jocko is speaks the truth, hmm. accountability. Right. You know, you got to look in the mirror every day. Yeah, not lie to yourself. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I then think delivering the, happiness. I you know, I think I tell people that most people want to do business with people they like. Yeah. And that's really important. I think a lot of people are fooled because, hey, I have great sales, but that doesn't mean they like you. Yeah. It's really important. If you have a business or a product, you want people to like you. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> what, uh, so... For the listeners, where, yeah. where's the best place to follow you and, and uh, um, get, a, get a hold of you if there's a way that they can serve you or help you out? Probably Instagram, Bruce E. Cardenas. I right. have a website, brucecardenas.com. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And then, uh, obviously, you are you got the, the new product yeah. out, which is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. With uh, Legendary. This this is actually the first time I've, I've heard of it. Is it in a lot of stores and different things? <coughs> yeah, we're everywhere. GNC, Vitamin Shop, Amazon, Target, Walmart. Fantastic. I guess I just don't shop very much. <laughs> My wife does, you know, pickup and delivery. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's growing quite well. It's gonna it's gonna do well. It's doing well. That's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. So what are what are the big goals that you're going after? Uh to make that a billion dollar brand. I love it. There's only there's only a couple multi com- billion dollar companies in the world. So Elon Musk has made a couple and a couple other people. Right. Yeah. It's uh but the the <clears throat> cool thing is you've created and you know the recipe for success. I think just most people once they found the recipe, they don't keep going. Exactly. <laughs> or people go part way down and realize well it was really hard to do and they and they tap yeah, out. I'm, I'm just not willing to go through that yeah. again. I yeah. think we figured it out with this and, and I think, you know, anyone that has a consumable item, I always tell them, fail fast. If you're gonna make a bar or a cookie you know, make it small, get people to try it and see if it's going to work. I love that. Before you expand. I love that. Yeah, my uh, my son and his uh, <coughs> business partner, I have a 15-year-old boy, and they, they wanted to make, like, these little supplement gummies. Ah. And and I was like, man, you got to figure out whether or not this stuff will even sell or, will, you know, like... Make like, samples, make get them in the neighbors. Sa- yeah, yeah. Get They're, your friends to try it. And if you get, get excited, so we did a quest. We got excitement, and then we built it out. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. I love it. Bruce, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I know uh, you know it's it's extremely valuable. Thank you for the the value bombs that you've dropped with the with the crowd. Uh, any final words? Uh, no, I'm I'm grateful to be here. I want to continue to help change the world. I appreciate it. Thank you. Until next time.